that's part of what it means for me to be a daughter is to let Holy Spirit lead me. And uh, that's scary. It's an adventure. It can be very exciting. <laughs> it's also like nail biter too. I'm delighted to offer another interview with my friend, Sarah Bolin. Sarah's a pastor, writer, and founder of the organization Saving Moses. Since 1996, she's co-hosted the television program Today with Marilyn and Sarah. Do you know what I like about Sarah? She's eager, genuinely eager to listen and discern and ultimately cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And what better person to help us step a little deeper into the charismatic stream. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. We get to do another podcast, Sarah? Yay! (laughs) I think, did I tell you that somebody told me they listened to the last one? We did like five times. They just were really moved. Wow. So that well is done. awesome, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Incredible. All right, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. What do you love about the charismatic stream? Ah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a catch-22 because it's both sides of the sword. I love that it's unpredictable. You can't, it's not controlled or containable. And at the same time, yeah, and you can't explain it. I mean, you can kind of describe it, <laughs> sort of, but uh, it's, you know, so it's a catch 22. It's both sides. And you hate that it's un- un- uncontrollable, uncontainable, you know, and you hate kind of that. Uh, how do you get your arms around it? And um, so I appreciate both sides of that, the tension in it. And uh, I think it's healthy for us as humans to have in our lives that which we cannot always explain, control, <laughs> direct, <laughs> or even pin down, right? I think it's kind of healthy, actually. Unnerving. And yeah. for some people, they're like, hey, I'm out. <laughs> well, especially when you're like in leadership, right? And you're pastor and like... And it's out of control? Yeah. Or under- but the other thing, Nathan, here's the other thing too. And in the charismatic genre, however you want to call it, stream, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, I'll also say this, and I think it's important. Um, I think there was a season, more so maybe in the past than currently, but there was a season where there was a whole lot of kooky and weird stuff. Okay. And I think people used the label charismatic um to accommodate (laughs) some mental illness sure i saw that growing up and maybe that was some of my turnoff when i was growing up in it because i was like you know no that's not authentic no Mm -hmm. that's a person who has a mental instability and illness and you know you, you need you can't quote just spiritualize everything You've got to be conscientious response, you know? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's an ingredient that has to, the person has to be aware of internally, you know? Mm-hmm. What drew you 
and draws you? You know, the charismatic journey for me has been kind of ups and downs. Um, I think from, you know, I was raised in a charismatic home, pastors as parents. So helpful to have kind of that underpinning and just the awareness of, of God's presence, you know, of Holy Spirit, the reality of Holy Spirit um, in my upbringing. Um, and I went to Lutheran schools um, through for sixth through 12th grade which was a super fantastic. So, you know, it's a count point and counterpoint for me, which was very, very helpful. Um, and then in my college years, I would say I was, I was non-charismatic because <laughs> I just, it was too, too elusive and emotional, not elusive, too emotional. And it wasn't, so to speak, quote, intellectual enough for me. Um, so, and then I had a season I remember one of my mentors, I had walked away from Jesus to kind of wrestle with my own faith. And I had newly come back to Jesus. One of my mentors said to me, hey, Sarah, what do you think about this speaking in tongues stuff? And I was like, yeah, a bunch of whack jobs do that stuff. You know, it's too emotional. I'm not interested. And uh, he and I respect him and I have nothing but love in my heart for this gentleman. And he said to me, well, you know. I was doing a summer missions trip to China for a couple months to teach English there. And he said, you know, it might come in helpful while you're over there. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I, you know, cause you, you know, those moments when somebody speaks something like that to you that you respect and it makes sure. an imprint. And that's exactly what happened. I had a really, um, for lack of a better word, a really demonic experience. Okay. And it was very, very disturbing to me. Um, and I tried to read my Bible. It wasn't helping. Um, I tried to, you know, kind of, I almost woke up my roommate cause it was in the middle of the night and she, she heard me stirring around. She's like, you okay. I'm like, yeah, I just need to, I need, I went out in the hallway, the light was on and, and I, and I was like, okay, God, maybe that's what my mentor said. We did this stuff in the past. So let's give it a whirl. <laughs> and I did. Because I, you know, I had I had received my prayer language from when I was a kid, and uh, so I did. I sat there in the hallway, two a.m. Nobody's around; it's just me in the hallway, and uh, it was very, very helpful to me. It settled my heart, settled my emotions, and I don't know. I can't explain it all, or can't point to chapter and verse in the Bible to say that's what. But all I know is it got me out of the weeds in a really really crisis urgent moment. So those are some things that draws me. And then I think it draws me now. And I feel like Holy Spirit's really challenged me. You know, Sarah, um, God is supernatural and bigger than human definition, experience, limits, all that stuff. So I have this, it's the supernatural charismatic stuff isn't always comfortable or seemingly natural for me. But I have this, I get kind of, I get this little push in my heart and I feel Holy Spirit pushing me. Um, come on, Sarah, don't, don't limit and control me based on what you're comfortable with or what you understand. Um, recognize I'm supernatural. Hence the term divine God. <laughs> <laughs> so stop with the, stop trying to whatever limit. And so that's been a good push for me. <laughs> and helpful. And I think, you know, 
one of my core verses is uh, Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. It says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, strong man in his strength, the wealthy man in his wealth, but let him who boasts, boasts that he knows me, knows God. And uh, if I could have one, um, one thing on my tombstone that I, you know, I live to know God and not just my idea who is God, but letting, and I, and I have prayed this recently, the last couple of days. I want, I want Holy Spirit, the reality of Holy Spirit to shape my perceptions. Cause my perceptions can be very human, human led and Western civilization, you know, education, you know, whatever. But I would like Holy Spirit realities to shape and influence my perceptions and my outlook, my point of view. I think that is a life worth living, challenging mm. for sure. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, in one sense, to be a Christian and believing that uh, the Trinity and God is um, interacting with, with us um, in one sense, we're all charismatic to some degree, um, yeah. just by nature of, 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 of the beliefs. One of the things I found really uh, helpful and moving is in, in, in groups that are more intentionally trying to interact and be open to movements of the Spirit. Um, I mean, I've seen the mental illness stuff where it's just yep. it just fits really, really well and it you know, yeah. uh-huh. um, but but also seeing just this real hunger and openness and waiting yeah. and expect it, sort of expectancy um, that is just so beautiful. Is that your experience? I think it can be. I I also appreciate that some of the charismatic bend. Sometimes we can try to conjure something up, you know, kind of whip whip up some kind of experiential thing or whatever. Sure. Um, and I think that can be, you know, kind of synthetic or maybe fr- from an, a sincere heart. But you know, it's like, well, and I think to to wait, wait with expectation, but also appreciate. Um, Sometimes I don't think Holy Spirit moves according to our preconceived ideas should look like this. Like the day of Pentecost. I don't <laughs> I don't think they had preconceived ideas with that what that looked like, you know. And yet it didn't freak them out because Jesus kind of trained them, already kind of gave in John you know, the last supper sermon he did in John 14, 15, 16. So I think that helped introduce. And I think the other thing I think that's a mistake is I think sometimes on charismatic stuff, we look for the demonstration of Holy spirit and not the fellowship as much. Mm. And Paul speaks to that, you know, first Corinthians 15, I pray fellowship of the Holy spirit be with you. And I think, I think we have to be careful to, you know, and gifts and fruit. Right, gifts of Holy Spirit, fruit of Holy Spirit. I, I think we have to be be conscientious that we're after. I'm after, I'm after the divine 
Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not just wanting the demonstration or, or just the character, you know, internal character. I, I really want, I want that fellowship with Holy Spirit ongoing, you know, right. the, and Jesus said it, Holy Spirit be with you all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to be in a like quote a church service or with, you know, the right music or whatever. I mean, I think charismatic, you know, gifts, um, awareness of Holy Spirit demonstration. You know, the day of Pentecost was kind of an average day, and they all spilled out into the street, um, and we're glorifying Jesus. And that's at the end of the day, it's it's about exalting Jesus. Mm. And I think that's got to keep kind of some of the core core motives. Mm -hmm. that, that it's not as good and helpful as demonstrations and gifts can be. That's not the point. They can be helpful and they can kind of come alongside and be part of our journey, part of the experience and the expression. I mean, how many times have I had some kind of supernatural gift that was like in the moment, <laughs> blows your eyebrows back, you know, you're like, oh, I couldn't have done, thought, said, whatever, any better. I thought this was like perfect. So I think, but I think they're, they're complementary in helping us grow with God, you know, gifts and fruits and being closer, you know, day to day, knowing God better. Point is be closer, worship, being present. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. 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 And Jesus said, you know, he said, it's better for you that I go away. So Holy Spirit will come. That's always puzzled me a little. I think I'd say, no, exactly. you can hang out. I don't want you to go. <laughs> exactly. But how do, how, how do you make the physical presence of Jesus, like in the room, having a cup of coffee, chit-chatting, mm. how's that not as good? <laughs> I know. How, how could that be less than, right? But at the same time, that's what Jesus said. And so I think part of the benefit, part of the upgrade, if you want to look at it that way, is Holy Spirit's with us all the time. Hmm. Not limited to physical presence, time, space, geography. I mean, shoot, you're in Florida. I'm in Denver. We have to do this technology fun adventure to, to connect, you know, this way. But Holy Spirit doesn't need that technical assistance, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, there's this ongoing, so I'm on an airplane and I'm going to Bangladesh. I'm going here, you know, whatever, all the time, everywhere. I love that. <laughs> what does it look like for you, you know, driving to the store, flying an airplane to uh, engage with the spirit? Great question. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it looks like, it can look like a lot of, a lot of different expressions, a lot of different experiences. So, you know, there's oftentimes go to the grocery store, you know, there's Walmart down the street and uh, hop in the car. Got to, I forgot something, you know, I'm cooking dinner, got to run to the store. And uh, when I'm in my car, I have, I, and I'm, I'm aware of this. I can have my phone going, you know, calling somebody, I can have the music going. I can have all that stuff, which is good. And uh, and I believe Holy Spirit can be present in the midst of all that. Um, but also, it's raising my awareness. Um, since you're with me all the time, then I just I would like to be more aware. Help me to be aware, aware of your presence. And I pray that every day. Yeah. 
um, train me to recognize you. So when I'm in the grocery store and, and I've done this before and I'm open to doing it is sometimes I sense Holy Spirit directing me. I'll see somebody um, maybe tell, you know, somebody's carrying a cart or something. I'm happy to do that. Sometimes I've seen people with like little walkers or, you know, with a physical ailment. And there are times when I felt Holy Spirit lead me, hey, you know, go pray for them. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? I'm going to feel like an idiot, that whole mental gyration. But, and sometimes I pull the trigger and I do it. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm scared or intimidated or I justify, I'm too busy. I can't, you know, I'll do the whole thing. And there are times too where I have felt Holy Spirit say, give this person a Bible verse. Um, in Walmart, you know, I don't know, just man on the moon. It's not like the regular butcher person or whatever, the vegetable guy, um, just somebody shopping. And I've done it. And uh, mostly people are polite. <laughs> well, thank you so <laughs> <Mostly>. much. <laughs> but sometimes, and sometimes you get like this, you get, they look at you like, you know, you should be in a straight jacket. Sure. But sometimes you get, the reply, wow, that is so meaningful to me. You have no idea uh, what I'm going, you know? So I just think, and it says it in Romans eight fourteen: those who are led by the spirit are children of God. And I think that's part of what it means for me to be a daughter is to let Holy spirit lead me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's scary. <laughs> it's intimidating. I mean, there's all, it's inconvenient. Pick any adjective, right? It's an adventure. It could be very exciting, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's also like <sighs> nail biter too. <laughs> you know what, what I try to do with some of this is not get too hung up in the outcome. Right. So like if you, if you, approach someone or have an exchange and and it's clear that it's meaningful, right? You had a prompting, you sure. responded and 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 then maybe you don't get that and then you get the look. <laughs> I don't know that I want to measure that I heard God uh-huh. based off of yeah. the outcome. Does that yeah. is that that's totally that's on the money, Nathan. Because I mean, oh my gosh, if you do the outcome it's uh, ugh, that's a roller coaster, you know, and, and it's kind of, it's just, you know, it's a crapshoot. You make it, you don't, that's hard. Um, and I agree with you. You have to. And I think the thing for me is the internal learning and growing and I want to be obedient. I want to have an obedient heart and I want to do things out of my, out of fellowship with Holy spirit. And not transaction, yep. you know, not just kind of plug and play or mindless. I want to be wholehearted in that, and so I think that helps. If I don't do, if I don't, if I'm not, if I'm not outcome based or transaction based, it frames frames the interface a little bit more constructively and with less, whew, less volatility. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to be obedient, and and then. We'll have a conversation with that after, right? <laughs> it's yep. a learning, and did I, did I get yep. that? Did it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And co- and that's and that's exactly what I do too. Coach me because I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be 
in, in sync with you. You know, Paul talks about that walk with Holy Spirit. And that's both, both in next to each other as well as footsteps, like cadence. And so it's both. And, and for me to do that, it's a learning and growing experience and process. And you're exactly right. After the fact, you know, okay, I'm, I'm really want to listen, help me, train me. You know, if I messed up, where did I and how and where did I, where did I interrupt or where did I even obstruct? possibly what, what you wanted to do or not. So it's helpful. Yeah, that's good. It's interesting because when, when people use the term charismatic, usually they'll think of worship styles and they'll have kind of images of what that means. Mm-hmm. But is it that simple as asking the question, help me to be aware of you, train me to recognize what you're up to? Is, is, is that being charismatic? You know, I... I I think so. And the reason I think that is because that's what Jesus says in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. And that's Jesus' nickname for Holy Spirit is helper. Help. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> right? That's helper. And so when you ask for help, it, for me, I appreciate that you're asking Holy Spirit to participate and join. And I, I don't see how that, I, I mean, I think that's an integral part of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Yeah. You know, is having heavenly help, if you will. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was talking with someone about my uncomfortableness with something uh, kind of related in the charismatic. And and the line was so helpful It was th- th- that I received. It was something to the effect of, Nate, there's so many things you are open to in terms of life with God. So, you know, keep going and, and let's not get too hung up about what you're, uh, you know, not open to at this season. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so, because I think everybody is at different places in their journey. And I know in my journey with God over the course of whatever years, at various times and places, I'm open, less open, more open. Um, you know, I think I remember when I I had three kids, <laughs> three babies within basically three years. So they were zero, one, and two, you know, and those years, I don't really remember. (laughs) So I don't know that I was open or closed to anything other than diapers, (laughs) opening and closing diapers, right? (laughs) But I think in my journey with God, I think if we look at it in terms of the end game, not just the short game, there is short game, but I agree with you. I think being open and whatever that means, um, and I've had that challenge even within the last 10 years, hey, Sarah, it feels like you're kind of a little closed on this or a little resistant or reluctant, or I've sent some hesitation on you. What is that? Well, let's talk about it, you know? And is there some closed? Am I closed? Oh, and nobody, like, I don't want to explicitly acknowledge that. Oh, yeah, I'm closed. You know, I always want to be, quote, open. But I think there's degrees, and and some of this just experience and 
one of the things I love about Holy Spirit is I find Holy Spirit is very gentle and tender and patient um, and attentive. And I think, too, ultimately, I think Holy Spirit is very nurturing. Mm. Um, and I think so very helpful in our walk with God and, and just present, whether we know or don't know, you know, always present. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of, with all of the comfort and the counsel and the discernment and the wisdom, all of those characteristics I just think that's if we if we get screwed into the roof on kind of some of the demonstration stuff, I think we miss that intimate connection growing in that. And I think that's ground zero. Yeah. My conversations around my openness or lack thereof have always felt very the response I've got's always been much more forgiving and gentle than I would give myself. Does it, yeah, you know? same, same. And just kind of this nice exhale, like, it's okay, I got you. Yeah. I know, I get, I understand how you're made, and it doesn't, I'm not uptight. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And strangely enough, that is such a wonderful motivator, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it builds a trust, it builds a kind of uh, mm-hmm. relational capital. You can settle into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just kind of, oh, come on, man, you need to be whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not transactional at all. I mean, it's the penultimate intimate connecting. Um, and I find, too, that continuous presence is very, and that continuous, and it's not continuous presence. You, we were growing up, you and I both did this growing up thing, and there was always degrees of shame. And God's get you, you know, I remember getting that sometimes in Sunday school and, and it's unfortunate because I don't, I don't really see that as God's end game trying to catch me doing something wrong. I mean, <laughs> on any given day, woo, you know, there's plenty of ammunition there. Right. But I think God's end game and being present with us all the time is, for fellowship and company that God enjoys our company. Why did God look for Adam in the garden of Eden? Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't say, he didn't say, how could you have done that? What were you thinking? That's so stupid. What an idiot. He didn't say any of that. He said, where are you? Yeah. Where? Cause I want to be with you. Of course he knew where he was. It's not like God's ignorant, but it's the whole, I want to be with you. I enjoy your company. I like you. <laughs> Oof, we don't even like ourselves that much. <laughs> Sometimes. I like that. And, I, and I'm just thinking of, as a, as a parent, you could be kind of an awful parent if you're just kind of obsessed with looking for what your kid is doing wrong. Um, but there is that kind of longing just to be together. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the company and the communion and just kind of the day to day. Hey, let's hang out. Yeah, you know the long the long run. I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would you say to someone who's kind of wanting to grow deeper in uh, interacting with the helper and responding and 
moving into uh, different expressions and, and such. What are things that we should watch out for or potential pitfalls? Yeah, I think some potential pitfalls. This is interesting because if you look at the end of Acts chapter 7, this is Stephen, and he's the first martyr. And like the very end of that chapter, his last words, and it's to the religious leaders, the religious leaders of the time who thought they were right, thought they were doing God's work when they were stoning Stephen. And Stephen said to them, and this haunts me, particularly as a, uh, dare I say, Christian leader. I I say that with a little bit of reluctance. But (laughs) Stephen said, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And and I I never want to be guilty of that. I don't want to resist. I don't want to oppose. Paul talks about it in Ephesians. I don't want to grieve. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to quench, you know, don't quench the spirit. These are things I think these are um, hot spots to avoid. And I think there's a lot of ways that we do that. I think on an individual level, we kind of have to be open to that possibility and, and having some time to, take an inventory internally am i am i resisting you am i grieving you am i quenching am i putting you know drowning out a fire here am i doing things that would that that are not cooperative um but so i think there's things that we can avoid and and be careful of but i think there are things we can do as well um to welcome um and to facilitate and I think more than anything, and I don't care if this is a person who's been following Jesus 70 years. I don't care if it's a person who's still kind of eh, uncertain about this whole thing. But I think everybody, all of us, and whatever that spectrum, both ends, all the way to the ends of the spectrum, that we can ask for increase our awareness. Help me to recognize you, Holy Spirit. Train me to be aware, to sense you. Um, I think that's ground zero, start one, you know, step one, if you will. Um, I'd like to be more aware of you. Teach me who you are and help me to be more sensitive to you. And you know who I am. You know how I'm wired up. So help me to be your student, but not just a student. Like the for relationship, for that connection, bonding, and daily connecting, daily walking together. I think that's, that's ground zero for all of us, is increase my awareness, increase my sensitivity. Just a simple and very inviting way to welcome and help facilitate. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, that can be a lot of different things. I think sometimes there's there's some ideas where, you know, well, you have to be contemplative and you have to sit and think. And I think that can be. But I think, too, I think Holy Spirit can be part of, you know, we were talking earlier, snowboarding 
or surfing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sensing God, sensing Holy Spirit in those experiences. I mean, that's just a rich, rich. There are times I remember riding up on the lift or just taking a rundown on the, on the ski lift or whatever and feeling Holy Spirit like, whoa, my gosh, this is amazing, you know? And it's not like for any kind of outcome. It's just the, you're here and this just takes my breath away. Oh my gosh. You know? So I think there's a whole not being close to any, any context. Yeah. Right. Any context. And I've, I've since Holy Spirit, this is true. Walking through third world brothels. I mean, seriously, I look down and there's condom wrappers on the ground, all kinds of gross stuff. And as I walk through some of those brothels, I have felt Holy Spirit, was such amazing, amazing love. I mean, just pouring out. I'm like, uh, unbelievable. Sometimes stronger than in <laughs> some church services. And I understand that flies against all kinds of rational thinking and, and expectations. But for me, true nonetheless. What do you make of that? I make of that. Oh my gosh, I make of that two com- two connections. One, God so loved the world. God so loves individuals. You know, the next verse says he didn't Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn, but to reconcile. And then coupled with that, Romans 5 5, God has poured out his love into our hearts through Holy Spirit. And so that genuine love, man, that defies human expression and human explanation. And I think that that's God's end game is genuine love. God is love. And so when I, when I sense that phenomenal love, and I know, I know it's Holy Spirit. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt because there's no way in my own rational thinking ability human frailty flesh that i could ever concoct that never not even remotely Mm -hmm. it's not it's impossible so i know i know it is definitely holy spirit and uh it just kind of but i appreciate that those contexts that we can kind of lower the walls on experiencing recognizing you know not just having these contextual expectations Mm -hmm. but kind of being wide open exchanges at the grocery store snowboarding mm-hmm. yep. or visiting a yep. brothel in the developing world yep yep taking a walk you know walk down the street to the firehouse and walk back there's nice conversation all along the journey yes soccer mom right waiting in the line carpool line i mean pick something <laughs> cutting lettuce for salad tonight. (laughs) You know, the whole thing. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. It's just so helpful to help frame what we're after Mm -hmm. when we we say charismatic, right? This is... uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly. 100%. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're my brother. I totally love hanging out with you. Well, there you have it. I want to let you know a little more about Sarah's organization, Saving Moses. They're a global humanitarian organization dedicated to saving the lives of babies. 
all around the world, they seek to meet some of the most urgent and intense survival needs where help is least available. You can find out more information on their website at savingmoses.org. As always, thanks for listening and have a good week.